the click owns this business. Coming down the aisle, Bimbo, Jimbo, baby, who is? You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Give me a hell yeah. Today, woo, I've got the stop and profile like never before. From our 1077 The Bone studios in downtown San Francisco, this is In The Click. Bimbo Jimbo alongside my tag team partner, Baby Huey. Hello and welcome again, everybody. We got to talk about Hell in a Cell. So much going on. We're live, pal. Okay, everyone listening right now, not to sound like a broken record, but once again for the second week in a row. Oh, my God. I'm running on fumes, but it's all in good fun because uh, last night I went to a concert to see Greta Van Fleet. Well, come on, Jimbo. We're, we can talk about personal selves. Doesn't mean no, no. I have no problem. You talk about your personal life. Bit? It's just, it's just this sad, sad violin playing only for you. Okay, because last week uh, I went to see the Foo Fighters. So last night was Greta Van Fleet at the Masonic, and wow, Jimbo, those guys are phenomenal live. Literally, it was like a Chas and I went, and it was like a Church of Rock and Roll last night. It was an experience. It was a lot of fun. So you're short. You're giving the podcast the short shrift. <laughs> he, in, in the click, gets shortchanged because you want to go rage. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, Watch I'm your personal life. I roll into studio all prepared to go, and who's still watching NXT? Not finished with the homework. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I've had the longest day ever doing so much work, and I figure it's best to watch it up until we record. That way, it's fresh in my head. Click I was, universe. I think what we could say is, is oh on, on the priority list, the hierarchy I, for Baby Huey is clear to all. You all just heard it. That that in the click is at the bottom for, t- for Baby Huey. I was at a concert last night, so I couldn't watch NXT live, or at least last night. So I was like, I'd rather watch it today. And today, earlier after, at lunchtime, I was uh, finishing up Hell in the Cell that I didn't get to <laughs> on Sunday. Sunday, I was at the Niner game, but you wa- but you, but you watch Raw and SmackDown before you finish Hell in a Cell. Yeah, interesting. I knew the highlight because okay, Sunday I was out with my brother and he was telling me like he was getting like uh, uh, notifications on his phone, so he was telling me what was going on in real time. I don't care he, about spoilers like that. He could just no, tell you me. Love them. You thrive yeah, I don't on them. care. I don't fuel you. You 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 you, you get off on them, dude. Because then when I watch it, you know, on my own time, I'm like, okay, I know what's going on. You, you'd be the spoiler. Uh, but we got to get into Hell in a Cell. I love this episode, right? I love it's the so flow. It's so angsty already. I know, dude. It's I love like the we're, flow. We're, we're, like, we're like six episodes in and we're already chirping at each other. We're punch we're drunk. We're like fed up <laughs> with one another. I'm <laughs> out of here. It's like, I'm going to throw him through the studio window here. Is there a problem <laughs> within the click? I don't think so. You're the coward. <laughs> All right. R.I.P. Bobby Lord. Brain. I think we, we're both bringing, you know, we all have. Our, it's got good energy <laughs> right now. and I bringing our own baggage to the table. Here we love each other. We let it all out uh, here yeah. after the long days you and I had today. Yes. All right. Uh, but eventually, Huey did watch Hell in a Cell. Yes. <laughs> and so we could talk about it. I didn't it. watch the pre-show. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Well, the, pre-show, the pre-show of Hell in a Cell actually had one of the best matches of the night on it. I know. I saw your tweet about yeah, it. New Day versus uh, versus Rusev Day was actually a really exciting, compelling match. Uh, it was a perfect way to start off Hell mm-hmm. in a Cell. Uh, I, I bid on a lot of the false finishes. I really thought Rusev Day had a chance to cash in here and become tag team champions. I was a little disappointed that they didn't because I love Rusev Day, and we'll, we'll get more into that as, yeah. as we go along here. But it was a hell of an effort and hell of a showing from them. It was a great, great opener. I'm sorry that you missed it. Well, I, I saw highlights of it. I will say this. To their credit, I think a lot of these matches now, their purpose, especially on the WWE Network, on the pre-show, is to get the crowd amped up, get people at home watching amped up. And they did that. I mean, you got the New Day, who's arguably the best tag team in all of WWE, and Rusev Day, which... Uh, I've seen a lot of people online kind of criticizing uh, Rusev himself 
He's been on the last couple of pre-shows now. He hasn't been on the main. After his match with AJ Styles a couple of pay-per-views ago, he's now been back on the pre-show circuit for a little bit. So hopefully he'll get a, a boost up and back on to the main show in the coming months. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that is the role of the, the opener, whether it's technically a pre-show or not. Again, I hate the pre-show. Just have it be. It's either you're on the pay-per-view or you're not. Yeah, if you're watching. There's it, no more Sunday night heat. If you're already watching on the network, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's not like they're telling you to go tune in elsewhere. Yeah. And get your money. You're already paid the monthly subscription fee. You're watching. Literally, it's just changed the logo. I don't know. But yeah, it's not like a big deal. Like you're changing. You're making us trying to tune in at a certain time. It's already we're in it. Yeah, I, I still don't quite get it. But the, the opener of the Hell in a Cell proper yes. uh, was a Hell in a Cell match, which I really liked that they opened up the the namesake of the pay-per-view with, with the stipulated match. Mm-hmm. So it was Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy. Uh, Harvey. I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. If you're if you're Mike Adamley, uh, I really really enjoyed this. I uh, I, I was impressed. You know, it's funny. I was I was talking with the friends I was watching the show with that. You know, the Hell in a Cell in, in general is kind of a it's like a difficult concept for me to wrap my head around in this era of WWE because I feel like a lot of times they can't really. They're not allowed to bring the brutality okay, that is yeah. necessary that really is befitting of the classic Hell in a Cell matches. I mean, you know, like Shawn Michaels in the first one, just that that crimson mask. I mean, obviously, they they put all this promotional effort in building up the, you know, the second Hell in a Cell match when Mankind got thrown off the top and through the cell, mm-hmm. you know, and, and on the tax, all these things that they don't really do that much anymore, I feel like, yeah. just in general. Like, Extreme Rules... You know, just to give you an example, is is not really an extreme rules pay per view at all. It's their fancy way of saying hardcore, but it's not even that anymore. Exactly. When they, when they do extreme rules, it's, yeah. they, they do like a couple stip matches that they say, and it's not you know extreme rules has become more like stipulation rules. Like they'll have yeah. different matches in it that you know have certain stipulations, but it's not necessarily extreme rules or even really hardcore at this point. So that's sort of what I was coming into Hell in a Cell with some sort of hesitance about because it's like you know they really can't do like what they could do before that really sort of was necessary in a hell in a cell match to make it really sort of that hardcore memorable structure and when it made special yeah but that being said randy orton jeff hardy proved me very wrong i loved it yeah in that sense is that they went it it was essentially a hardcore match within the confines of the cell but mm-hmm. they did some things in it which were honestly super cringy to watch when Randy Orton was you know twisting the screwdriver in Jeff's ear and stuff like that i mean that was that was uh that's something i haven't really seen before it reminded me of the Thomas Jane uh, Punisher film you know and the the one of Punisher's allies has all the piercings and yeah. the and the henchman pulls them all out mm-hmm. um it, it was it was brutal, and it was. A, I thought the finish was great with Jeff. Obviously, Jeff's desire to throw caution to the wind and go for the the big you know high risk move ended up costing him in the end. And I, I thought, uh, I mean, God, Randy Orton had a chunk out of his leg. I thought Randy Orton uh, gave himself either a hernia or strained his lower back very badly because he, go back and watch the match. He does one of the damnedest superplexes off the top rope that you'll ever see because it's like a dead lift yeah. of Jeff Hardy because Jeff was way further back than most people are, and it's all Randy lifting Jeff up. I thought for sure <laughs> that Randy was going to pop something there, well, but very impressive match. Well, plus, there was some other great spots like with Jeff getting stuck inside the ladder, kind of being folded inside of it, if I remember correctly. And then also, yeah, just they're using the different weapons throughout the night, the uh, tables. And plus, do you think Jeff was or Jeff was given the Hell in a Cell match? Because going into this, there was a lot of other matches that we thought maybe deserved the Hell in a Cell match itself. Case in point, AJ and Samoa Joe. But you think they gave it to Jeff because that was kind of like maybe one last thing he wanted to do on his bucket list of wrestling? I I think it's entirely possible, yeah, that it was like, you know, Jeff. And they talked about it on commentary. Uh, that that Jeff had wanted to do a Hell in a Cell match in his career, and so yeah. he was he was willing to go to Hell. Uh, and I, I think it's entirely possible that that's that was sort of his request. And they said, sure, you know, and you guys, and 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 they delivered. Yes, they set the bar really high that night for the pay per view itself. Yeah. And I mean, the spot where you know when at the end of the match when Jeff like climbs onto literally the top of the cell and tries to sort of like sw- you know monkey bar swing himself into a splash maneuver. Well, right before that though, remember he climbed up the smaller ladder. Yeah. He was, he was gonna maybe just jump over it. Yeah, which I, honestly that didn't even really make that much sense to me in yeah. terms of a spot. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I really I really thought that set the bar uh, really high for the show. 
Jeff Hardy sort of being written off TV because of injuries and stuff like that because of it. Thank uh, God. Uh, well, I don't know if he's actually hurt, but I mean, this sort of leads me into something I want to talk about as far as Matt Hardy on social media mm-hmm. putting out there that he is, in fact, retiring. I'm going to say this. If, if Matt Hardy is retiring, great job. Job well done on mm-hmm. a race well run. Absolutely. And a Hall of Fame career. However... I don't believe it. Why? Because he went out there and he said that's the last time that you'll probably see Woken Matt Hardy in a WWE ring. Okay. And I know he says time to go home and all this stuff. You saw what he was doing this week. He was sweeping water out of it, like the bottom of his house. Yeah. Check uh, his wife's uh, yeah. Instagram if you haven't yet, because they've been in North Carolina yeah, doing all the floods, Florence and Hurricane yeah. Florence. So he's busy taking care of the family. Yeah. But but on the on the his wrestling career note, I don't really buy that he's retired. I think that could be the end of Woken Matt Hardy in in WWE, and I think we could get uh, we could get Matt back in some capacity in the ring. Because I mean, I don't know. His last match wasn't even on TV. Oh, yeah, it was like, like that. Texas, it was a live event, which is cool. You know, he fulfilled all of his live obligations, which is a big deal to him. It very well, he could be done. Mm. You know, my speculation is he is not done. And what I would love, because I've been sort of been feeling some kind of way about things in my life and sort of get me going, you know, like I, I loved his, his uh, theme song when he went singles, uh, Monster Magnet, uh, Live for the Moment. Mm-hmm. I would love a return of Mattitude and version one. Uh, I I would I would adore that. I love the Matt facts and everything like that. Uh, or even if it, they bring back Stronger Than Death, Matt, or something like that. Or they they put the Hardys back together. I, I would love to see you know more from them. But if he is done, I mean, great job. Well, do you think he's just okay? Why in the Woken character gimmick? Do you think he was just thought it wasn't going the way he wanted to, and he wanted to end it? Uh, I, th- I think, or maybe WWE felt that way, or, you know, they... It ran its course? It ran its course with, you know, they, they became tag team champions, and, you know, it wasn't quite the same, I think anybody would tell you, as it, it didn't have quite the same impact that it did in Impact. Uh, <laughs> DNA, so, no pun intended. Yeah, uh, so I, th- I think that could be a big part of it. I wonder what's next for Bray Wyatt as well. And, and, I, and I think, for for me, I think I would want Jeff and Matt's last match to be together. Yes, absolutely. You know, ta- one last tag team match together. They both in that night. Yeah. Okay. I think that would be cool. And so I, I mean, but if this is if both their careers ended, you know, because Jeff could be conceivably retiring too. We don't know. But you, Matt, I mean, also they've been talking about how his lower back and pelvis been fusing together. Yeah. And you could tell the way he walks around. He looks like he has. Yeah. Stiff. No. They, I mean, well, they've been they've been doing this for over two decades yes yeah, like so, 25 years now so yeah and if it, so that's why it would not be shocking to me that it was the end but i'm just i'm just leaving a window that i'm not i'm not sold because matt hardy was at the forefront was before before you know kenny omega and chris jericho and all these people at using social media to get over a gimmick mm-hmm. he was the first one in my memory to do that and he started you know, when he was doing the youtube videos and stuff like that and uh, so I would not be surprised if Matt's sort of tweaking us, working us a little bit there. Okay. But we'll, we'll s- Plus it's wrestling. You never know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Else, other other takeaways uh, from Hell in a Cell. Becky Lynch, sh- she defeated Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, it, was, I, I, it was an amazing uh, sort of – I mean, I had picked her. To win, like when I did the little pool with my friends and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I was still somewhat surprised that they actually pulled the trigger on it. I thought it was really cool. I think creatively it made sense with sort of the character they've cultivated with Becky Lynch that she needed that win. And they gave it to her, which was nice. Don't call Becky in the house. I love it. <laughs> I, I What did you? I, I was a little surprised that they went with that finish, though. Well, how? It was like she caught it was like the, the caught spear. the spear and rolled it over. Yeah. And, and they didn't show a single replay of it. So it made it seem like kind of they didn't really... The announcers didn't really put over the finish that much, and it was just kind of very abrupt almost in what was a very good match. Did you think it wasn't too smooth? Like, I, I didn't think it was the smoothest, no. Yeah. Uh, I, I, when I saw it, when I watched it, I was like, wait a sec. I, I kind of see what they're going for. Like, she kind of intercepted Charlotte Spear into, she rolled it up. But, yeah, it was the way they just didn't really sell it on the announcer side. Yeah. Didn't make it think it was too effective. I, I would have rather her reverse, like, the uh, the natural selection mm-hmm. in some way, considering that's how it, that, that ended her SummerSlam bid. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. got her pinned. Uh, but that being said, I mean, huge moment for Becky Lynch after two long years to regain the SmackDown Women's Championship. A couple things to think about real quick is, one, 
I'm just glad WWE listened to their fans and maybe just saw the reaction that Becky was getting from the WWE universe and she won and they put the belt back on her. Feel bad for Charlotte though. Another short reign of just like a month. Here's the thing. She's already what a seven time champion. Something like that. But I was talking to uh, our, our, our buddy, uh, Mike Kohler and you know how like everyone's talking that John Cena is going to break Ric Flair's title, yeah. title, a number of title wins. Do you think Charlotte might actually be the one to break it? Yes. At the streak she's well, going right now? Or maybe John Cena breaks it and then maybe down the road in a few years, Charlotte actually yeah, takes it back. I, I think when it's all said and done, it could very it will most likely end up in Charlotte Flair's court. She'd be like, like eighteen times. Yeah, yeah, totally. I champion. mean, because the rate she's going. Well, and there's the the, 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 the rumor titles. that they might hop hot shot the title back onto her at evolution, uh, because that I I believe that would put her over the top as the record-breaking most women's championships in general. Oh, really? Uh, okay. I, so there's the rumor that they might want to put over that moment. I don't. I, I hope Becky gets a nice reign out of this. Absolutely. Uh, so we will see. So enjoy it while it lasts. But that was a, that was a really cool moment for Becky Lynch. Uh, and you know she did. She denied sort of Charlotte. I, what I was hoping <laughs> for was they would do the double turn. That would be listening to their fans. Is yeah. that you know Charlotte wants to give Becky her her props after the match, but they kept it with Becky being the heel and refusing and rushing and, her off. Yeah, I thought I thought there was a decent chance Charlotte might do the double turn there, but you know because she's the spoiled one. She's from wrestling royalty. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but anyway, we got part of what we wanted that night. Yeah, and, and no surprise, uh, Dolph and Drew McIntyre held on to their tag team titles over two thirds of the Shield. Dean and Seth. Uh, I, we gotta go to the WWE Championship match. Uh, okay. which I thought was a really uh, tremendous match between AJ Styles and Samojo in, in a feud that certainly was befitting of being put in Hell in a Cell mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um, and they went with the the uh, the Coquina clutch into the, the Bret Hart, Rowdy Piper pin. Uh, and, you know, in, in watching it live, I was like, okay, that's, you know, it's 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 a good finish. Yes, they just did use it with Kyrie Sane and and Shayna Baszler. I was going to say, wait, did I was deja vu all over again, which was sort of interesting. I always still think about the 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 Rowdy Piper Bret Hart match at WrestleMania. That's that's what I'll always compare it to for the younger kids out there. Uh, they've seen it. If they're watching wrestling, they should have seen that. Uh, but the the twist that they put on this was that mid three count, AJ Styles did in fact tap out while in the Coquina clutch mm-hmm. and. I wanted to get how you felt about it, and then I'll weigh in. Okay, first, uh, two parts to this. One, impressive on all their parts, the ref and both guys, that they timed it and landed perfectly. So on the camera side, we just see the ref counting, and everything that's been in question of AJ actually tapping out was on the non-camera side. So therefore, they had to go to the second camera angle. But two, it's uh, once again... In this current AJ Styles title reign, it's another non-clean finish, and he's been having a lot of those as WWE champion. So I love him as WWE champion, but I want him to look a little more dominant and getting more just actual clean victories using the Styles Clash or whatever finisher he wants and just beating guys straight out, not another questionable finish to his match. Uh, yeah, I I couldn't have said it better myself. I absolutely agree. I I watched that and it's grown on me since watching it live. But mm-hmm. I was actually kind of pissed when I watched it live because Why? because of the reasons you just laid out. It's AJ Styles' longest reigning WWE champion in SmackDown history. He is, I think, you, you know, you can make arguments about Daniel Bryan or whatever. For my money, AJ Styles is the best in ring competitor in in WWE on the main roster right now. Okay. Are none, yeah. you know, from a work rate mm-hmm. uh, aspect and everything like that. He is a uh, a wrestling legend, and he's having this what should be an epic title reign. And I don't like all the yeah the screwy finishes. And I didn't like this one because you have him tapping out, uh, giving Samoa Joe this like what he thinks is a legitimate claim. Now, my personal opinion on this is the referee's duty is to finish counting the fall that he is that he is you know taking care of right mm-hmm. there like the pinfall takes mm-hmm. precedent mm-hmm. uh and then if if Joe were to have gotten a shoulder up then the submission should have counted that i mean that's oh, okay. just semantically that's what mark fanboy James Kincaid Bimbo Jimbo thinks about how that actually should go down so if he gets his shoulder up that would then override that pin because, attempt because 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 it's not a fall at that point it's okay. like it's like you know you can't you can't move another piece uh, in chess while yeah. you're in check. 
So yeah. Joe was in check, and he needed to get his king out of check before uh, you okay. know the submission should have counted. But taking that all aside, I would have much preferred it if the three count goes down and and like right after three comes comes the tap out because okay. that that takes all question out of it. Samoa Joe has a gripe because he's a heel, and heels have gripes even when they're not in the right. You know, and so he would have felt that you know he still should deserve a rematch and stuff like that. If they were going to go with that finish. I would much rather have it be much more definitive that AJ should be the rightful champion and Joe just came up just short. Like technically the pinfall was first. Yes. And then the next action was the actual Submission. tap out. Yeah. Okay. That, that's what I would have preferred because like you said, there's been some screwy finishes with, with AJ and stuff like that. And he, I think he really deserves better. I mean, SummerSlam, all the, the, the low blow ball hits he's had. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I, I, I think more of, of his feud with Shinsuke than I think a lot of people do. I actually really enjoyed it. And I think it, it gave us this gift of heel Shinsuke Nakamura, which mm-hmm. I think is really good. Uh, and, and I enjoyed uh, their match immensely at Backlash mm-hmm. uh, that they had. I thought that, I thought that was really good. Uh, so I just, I, I, it goes to the. It goes to the other part of the issue that this wasn't even an Hell in a Cell. This wasn't even the last match on the SmackDown card. Yeah, the placement was also, I was not a fan and, of. And they do that continually to AJ Styles' reign. And it, it bothers me because AJ deserves, a, better. AJ deserves better. He's a main event player. And that to me, and the belt that he carries to me will always be the the belt of record the in number world one belt wrestling in entertainment. Yes, it is, that is the belt of Shawn Michaels, as the belt of Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage. You name him. Bruno San Martino. Bruno San Martino. Buddy Rogers. That that is the belt of record. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for for me, I, I don't like it. What it went on. Uh, I think fourth on the main show. Yeah, uh, and so you know, and again, it didn't even it didn't even main event its own brand. But I think what you've been talking about the last couple of weeks, and based on looking ahead on SmackDown Live this yes. week, the announcement that they made. Yes, and we'll get into that. But I'm saying, storyline wise, this could be used as fuel for the fire, and, and it already has for we, a future yeah, storyline. Yeah, we've talked. We've talked about. We'll talk about the Miz okay. uh, and sort of what AJ has done with the title mm-hmm. and stuff like exactly. that. And I hope. And and I was talking about this with a friend. I was like, I hope that's the reason. I hope that this was actually sort of like a long con build. Yeah. Why you know that the, long term the, the, place, the placement of of those matches is to actually play into a storyline. It'd be a great way to turn AJ heel too. If they ever wanted to, that he's pissed off about how okay. he's been treated as WWE yeah. champion. It's the house that, that AJ Styles built. Uh, being that as may, we we mentioned the Miz, the the It couple did defeat the Yes couple. I I wasn't really surprised by that at all. Uh, they had a little bit of uh, malfunction at the junction when uh, Maurice is forced to have like a handful of tights there to get like the cheater pin. But yeah, yeah that's all right. Whatever. She got it at the last second. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't clean. I mean, hey, Maurice, she's been she just gave birth five months ago, so I think she looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love during the match when Maurice was running away from Bree. And Corey Graves on commentary is like, no one can catch Marie. She's like a gazelle. She's clearly just like gassed entirely. Like, but that, that was a nice little hidden highlight from Corey Graves. Uh, again, no surprise. Ronda Rousey defended uh, successfully her women's championship over Alexa Bliss. And to her credit, she's getting better and better. I think every month or pay-per-view that she's been with WWE, she's doing an amazing job. I think selling yeah. injuries and what goes on in the match, even like after holding up the title at the end, she's, I'm really coming around to Ronda Rousey most in recent times. She's 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 been a home run for WWE. I actually I actually think uh, Alexa Bliss got in too much, and I love Alexa Bliss, but I want Ronda to be kept special. I want her to be kept this dominant force. I think uh, I think Alexa Bliss should have submitted before the armbar was even locked in. Like, it's I, like I, when I she knows, up. yeah, just like when she knows because that would be she's fitting with Alexa's character. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. She doesn't want to go through that. Um, so that takes us to the the main event, though, which was the Universal Champion Roman Reigns taking on the Monster Among Men, Braun Strowman, and Hell in the Cell. Um, Got to talk about a uh, few things with this. Yeah, well, uh, I I think that I, I think that Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton did a better job of of sort of utilizing the cell. Okay, in spite of what happened, all the extracurriculars outside of it. Real quick before I forget, what do you think of the the newer cell? All red. Oh yeah, we need to talk. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all red, everything. The Eva Marie cell, <laughs> which everyone uh, on Twitter was like, "Oh, she's coming back." Uh, I did not like it. 
I, 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 I feel like it was very distracting as a viewer. Yeah, I felt it was kind of hard to see. Was, and I can only imagine if you were in a, the arena yeah, itself. Yeah, absolutely. It was harder to see. I don't get why they, they painted Fire Engine red. Uh, my thing was like at least have two sides be blue for SmackDown and you know two sides be red for Raw. I, the top I, be purple. Yeah, to top <laughs> be black and yellow for NXT just in case. But uh, to me, I just felt like too much red in the overall setting. Of yeah, the, the whole LED pic- stuff too c- created this like sort of like red haze, like it was a filter on there. Like, are they really trying to set this whole Inferno, Burning Hell, Fire look? It, did, to it, it? Did, it didn't work for me. I, it, it, I think online a lot of people were saying look like a McDonald's playpen. It did. <laughs> it, it, it did. So. So, like, I mean, for us on TV, luckily we we're able to watch it from inside the ring with the cameraman inside. But I felt like outside looking in, it just messed with my eyeballs way too much. And I just would rather go back to the old school original yeah. steel color. It, it was distracting. Definitely. <laughs> uh, so we got Braun and Roman. They were having a, you know, a fine, a, fi- a fine match uh, until every, you know, everybody else showed up to the party. What, you got, you looked well, like you're talking cat about Mick, that swallowed the canary. Or just talking about Mick Foley's uh, refing skills. Uh, oh, <laughs> we I, accidentally made a three count in the middle of the match. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, I, I can I can live with that. He's a little rusty. <laughs> but like one, two, three. And then, and then he's telling Braun's like looking at him and Mick's like, oh, there's only two count. Two count. Yeah. But I will, to his defense, Roman needed better. I, I, I kind of blame Roman on that. I think Mick, you know, he was trying to one, two, three. And, but Roman... I think it was waiting too long. Roman should have yeah. a little more faster pulling up his shoulders off the mat. Yeah, that didn't uh, that that didn't bug me so much in real time. Yeah, you know, on Twitter, I w- was watching that live actually, and on Twitter, a lot of people were commenting right away, like that was a three count. They should use that too, by the way. And just stop it right there. No, 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 not stop. I'm saying, but Braun Strowman should should use that more. It's like, dude, I had I had Roman beat. Yeah, uh, I mean, if they're going to do the AJ Styles Samoa Joe thing. Uh, why not do that when he actually did have him beat? Shit took it's like Mick. Andre and Hogan all over again. Took Mick and just throw yeah. him. Uh, but uh, so we did get the Dogs of War and the, and the rest of the Shield, whatever you want to call them, showing up. And puppies, all puppies everywhere. So they they do the they do they they climb up to the top of the cell, which to me, if you're not like. Don't, it's a very overbooked finish. Yeah, don't do it. Oh. What's the point of going up to the top of the cell? Like, well, logically, what is what is what is the logic there? What were they going to do up there? Are they going to try and break in through the top? If they were trying to do that, that's one thing. But they yeah. weren't. They just like we're going up there. I know because, all because we're playing WWE 2K, and it's like I think we can do some stuff up there. It takes time to get up there, so it yeah, does. it's a lot of effort. And, and the whole thing about that, I guess, the more importantly was it created this just long dead space in the match where Braun and Roman were just like napping, <laughs> you know. And it's just it, it's so Braun Strowman is the monster among men. He doesn't need to be down. It just I thought it made both guys look kind of weak. Yeah. And what I'll say about this, I love Dolph Ziggler as a performer. He's been a very nice guy whenever we've had him in studio. Mm-hmm. Man, though, dude, this guy cosplays Shawn Michaels so hard that he even has to, like, do the Shawn Michaels cell fall. Like, what they did, what Dolphin Seth did, that's mm-hmm. the HBK fall off the cell. That's from cell one. Yeah. And they had to film on Louise it. But where they both do it together, the delayed reaction too was so bad. I thought too, where they they do the headbutt and then it's like then they react and jump off. <laughs> I was like, okay, They're probably like, look at each other now. Yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, it was so. I mean, whatever. You know, kudos to the guys for putting those their bodies and through there that. Was no pads under the table like oh, Shane McMahon did. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, but so that, that I mean, that was whatever. I thought. I didn't think so much of sort of the, those, those visuals and stuff like that. And then we just had like Drew and Dean still on the top for whatever reason. Did they ever come down before the match was over? I don't think so. <laughs> I would love to know how they get there. Like, I guess when the TV goes black, I mean, I wonder what happens in the arena. And do they like, all right, you can come down now. So we got the, the we'll get to the, the very end here. Obviously, everybody yeah. knows now Brock Lesnar showed back up again, which I fortunately like did not have it spoiled for me that he was there and stuff like that. So I was very surprised. You know, he kicks the door down, which is a cool visual and stuff like that. F5's Roman, F5's Braun. Like Kane 2.0. Uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit, but the, the two, and you know, Paul Heyman, Mace's Mick Foley. <laughs> which is why. And. <laughs> It's a like no DQ match anyway. What's the point of spraying yeah, him to have a, a Hell in a Cell match 
Like, well, it was cool seeing Brock, but I, if, you, if, you, if you have this match earlier on in the card, I don't think people crap on it nearly as much, but this is the last match on what has been a very good show, mm-hmm. and you have a hell... Don't put him in hell in a cell if you want to have a non-finish. Yeah. We, you, you, like, looking at it from this perspective, you're, you're official for the match. Your referee for the match is Mankind Mick Foley. For the past few weeks, you've been putting over 20 years since Undertaker threw him off the cell. The One of the most iconic calls ever. You know, JR saying, my God, they've killed him. As God is my witness, he is broken in half. And getting stretchered out, getting off the stretcher, climbing back up to the top of the cell to only then be thrown through the cell. And that didn't end the match. To then continue the match and take a tombstone, and there was still a definitive ending to that match. He is your special guest referee. And you're building up this whole thing about what Hell in a Cell is. And you have Brock Lesnar kick the door down and do his finishing move to the challenger and champion. A move that he does at least once a match. Yes. No matter the outcome. And that leads to a no contest because your referee got maced. You don't have another referee to maybe come in and continue. He went, mankind went through all of that and finished the match, but two F fives. It's like, oh my god, we can't continue this. This is this has gone too far. The mayhem, you know, Thelma and Louise fell off the side of the cell, and Drew and Dolfer or D- Drew and Dean are doing God knows what on on top of it. Unbelievable. Well, you got to think. Well, he did hit him with the table as well, like those broken parts of the table. Yeah, brought, but it doesn't matter. I I'm, get it. I, yeah, it, it was a very bad finish. It was. At least what they could have done, Brock could have maybe grabbed Roman and put and, him on top and put him on top of Braun. And or, at least, and then another ref comes, or maybe he grabs Mick and throws him back in the ring and one, two, three. And he's like, maybe the point being, he tells Roman, I'm coming for you directly. It didn't even, it wouldn't even have to be as complicated. He could have F5 Roman and Roman could have just landed on Braun with like one arm and Mick's just like. One, two, three, yeah. you know, like it was but, a clear winner, but at least. The, but the just sort of the I'm sort of incredulous that it only took that to create a no contest in, in a hell in a cell match. Yeah. And the pay-per-view hell in a cell. My big the, the one thing that really kind of irked me was, OK, I love wrestling fans. I love the WWE universe, but I think at times they can be very hypocritical for how long, when Brock was champion, they were complaining he should not be champion anymore. He should be defending that belt more often, making more live appearances. They couldn't wait for the belt to get off him and someone else to be a, a fighting champion. The guy is gone, not even a month. Great surprise. But that pop he got at how happy everyone was to see him back already in a month's time since SummerSlam. It's like, people, you were just crapping on him on social media and well, everywhere for the last however long he's been champion, year and a half, two years. It's like, now all of a sudden you you love him again, but yeah, it's like, pick and choose your battle. Do you love him or not? The tide turned with Brock when it sort of became apparent that he was going back to UFC. Yeah. Because then, because then wrestling fans feel jilted and they feel like they're being, you know, backburnered and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, but I, th- I think... One Brock has always been this great attraction, you, you oh, know. Yeah, so they're know. gonna love, and you know. And when you're live at an event like that, seeing something that you didn't think you're gonna see, you're gonna pop for it. You know, it's yeah. a pretty awesome moment. And also, they don't like Roman, uh, and, and so they're getting excited to see him kick Roman's ass. And that's the the other thing. I think, despite everyone maybe having their feelings, mixed feelings about Brock, it shows at the end of the day, <laughs> everyone overall hates Roman that much. Everyone else. You get a pass. Roman, the, the fans dislike for Roman is like the number one priority in their life. Yes. Hating on the guy. Yeah. And, and, and I do think that no matter what, you know, if, if the title wasn't on Brock, which it's not right now, mm-hmm. they go back to loving him because it's like, well, he's not like holding anything hostage. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's just the mayor of suplex city. He's going to come in do some badass stuff and, uh, you know, and leave. And, you know, he did. I just can't believe that they, they, they chose that finish. Uh, for the main event, in which, in which was overall Hell in a Cell, I thought was a fantastic show from top I to bottom, it. including the pre-show. Yeah, the great pre-show. Yeah, I I'll love that. <laughs> yeah, I've seen highlights, <laughs> but yeah, it, it sucks. Like as each hour goes by, you know, it's almost a four-hour show, and I'm like, wow, this is really it flew good. by. It was great. Yeah, and then that one ending leaves a really sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. Yep. 
it's it's too bad. Again, if you put that again, they would never do it because it's the Universal Championship and it's Roman Reigns. But if if that match was say not the very last match on the card, you know, say Becky and Charlotte was or something yeah. like that, uh, I think the reaction would have been totally not completely different. But you would have given the fans something to go home happy about at the very end. Yeah. I mean, okay. You would have given them a definitive finish no matter what, whether you're cheering for Charlotte or whether you're cheering for Becky. Or maybe thinking, maybe not have them. I'm talking about uh, uh, Roman and Don't put them in a cell. Don't put them in a cell. You can't give us a a straight-up finish. Maybe like a couple matches before the last one and then have AJ and Samoa Joe and Helen Cell end on that. Have that be the main event, yeah. And have them do their thing and let that be the main event and then everyone can walk away happy. Yes, exactly. That's saying if you can't, if you can't commit to a finish, they shouldn't be in a match like that. Correct. Got it. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that does take us to Monday Night Raw, the fallout from that. Uh, Roman Reigns, we, we find out right off the bat that Roman Reigns is going to be defending his Universal Championship in a triple threat match now with Brock Lesnar, which, I mean, it's super surprising to me that Brock is still going to be working WWE schedule. And still training for UFC. He's looking lean. He's looking cut. I like the beard he's got going on. Reminds me of my beard. Uh, So, you know, I I, I like it. I like how Brock looks. He's like Rocky training in Russia. So uh, I I, I dig it. Uh, So it's going to be Roman defending the Universal Championship in a triple threat match in, uh, in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia at Crown Jewel. Uh, with against Brock and Braun Strowman, uh, which I'm totally cool with. Cool yeah. triple threat match. Uh, what I what I sort of this is a nitpick maybe, but it's like, but you're also going to defend it tonight against me, Baron Corbin. So like clearly, I have no shot of winning since we literally just announced the main event for Crown Jewel. I, I don't know. It was, I mean, a, it was a filler, it, but it's the most like have. I don't know. Have that match, and then and then have you know Corbin be pissed off and announce. I don't. I don't know. But or maybe just, create just start building a lot of obstacles every week for Roman to get through leading up to November. I, yeah, I guess. I don't. Know. I just to me it was just stupid because you announce you clearly telegraph that this is what's going to be happening yeah. in Riyadh, and but you then you then in, in the next breath make a title match that night for Raw where there's. Absolutely nobody would ever think that uh, Corbin has a chance in hell of winning. Well, by the way, think about it. Remember a few months ago, they stopped doing the separate branded pay-per-views yeah. for Raw and SmackDown. Now they're back to co-branded, so it's just a one pay-per-view a month, and which was fine. It was like, okay, one thing a month to look forward to. Next couple months, it's stacked now with various WWE events we need to keep track of yeah. between, okay, what's next? Uh, uh, Super oh, Showdown. Super Showdown in Australia, then Evolution. Then Saudi Arabia, then um, um, uh, Survivor Series, yeah, and then TLC, which I want to talk about at the end. We should plug that, yeah. But then Royal Rumble as well. So it's like the next few months is going to be stacked with a lot of WWE related stuff. No doubt about it. And I and I like the super shows and stuff like that that they're doing. Uh, we'll get into that in just a few minutes, but it comes at a cost. We're going to get into that right now, actually, okay. because one of the other things from Monday Night Raw is The Undertaker showed up again, and he he uh, was cutting his promo and everything like that. A little rambly, a little, I, a little all over the place. I was kind of tuning out. I was watching, and I was like, I was like, okay, let me I thought, do some I thought it picked stuff. up nicely at the end, though, and he, he put over everything, and then he, he dropped the announcement that Kane will be in his corner at Super Showdown Australia, uh, which I, I was not expecting that. Um it's kind of cool. You know, I love Kane. I'm a big Kane guy. Mm-hmm. He's a legend and doesn't really get his due in WWE, in my Helped opinion. Helped Shawn Michaels win the first Hell in a Cell. Yeah, Shawn Michaels did win the first Hell in a Cell match. You're correct about that. He did all by himself. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so Undertaker announcing that Kane's going to be in his corner. Shawn Michaels is going to be in Triple H's corner or whatever. They're like pulling out all the they're pulling out all the stops for Super Showdown. Now, was that clearly stated before that Shawn Michaels was going to be there in the corner? No, but this was Undertaker in his promo. He's assuming this he's like he knows sean isn't going to super showdown just to sit in the back and watch so he talks about that he's like he knows that sean's going to be in triple h's corner that's why i'm bringing my brother kane okay. to be in mine and you that's all well and good unless you're jimbo sitting at home being like oh no they're gonna bring back Shawn michaels to tag with triple h and it's going to be dx versus brothers of destruction and that's going to be Shawn michaels first match back and that kind of bums me out. That's not really what I signed on for when that we got rumor, that promo a few weeks ago. Was that rumored for Saudi Arabia? That no. is that. So, we, like, looking ahead, we can, you know, sort of put the pieces of the puzzle together okay. ourselves. In Riyadh, the whatever Saudi prince is a big fan of the Attitude Era, is a big fan of all these guys. 
and so he wants to see them back. And so the th- the thing about it is, is that Saudi Arabia and these and like the Australian Super Show, they, the the foreign money going to WWE is huge. Like so, it's like big big dollars. This mm-hmm. deal with Saudi Arabia is huge money for WWE, but they you know they want to see these certain certain guys and everything back in there. Um, and so I, I, I really hope this match doesn't come to pass, but just looking at, as soon as he announced that Kane was going to be his corner, I, I, I was excited for a moment because I love Kane. And then my heart sort of sank. I was like, they're going to do BOD versus DX and Riyadh. And that's going to be how they bring Shawn Michaels back after him holding so true to this retirement. And they're almost a decade and they're going to dust him off and bring him back in a tag. Now, Maybe it's to make sure that he could still do it, and if he acquits himself well enough, that they're going to do Sean versus Taker three at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and that, and that's how they're going to build it. But I still storyline wise, they better they better make this good for the justification of why Undertaker's going to let Shawn Michaels off the hook in that retirement thing. <laughs> they 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 better. Yeah, I see where you're coming from with that, and I agree. It's because. Sean, as we said in the promo a couple weeks ago, he's one of the few guys who's actually kept true to the whole retirement thing. Because in wrestling, that stipulation, either I win or I leave type thing or a retirement type match, they never hold true. They always find yeah. a, a stipulation or a way to get back into the, the, the folds of things. But Shawn Michaels, to his credit, he's been retired the whole time for nearly a decade. And, and he left when he still was better than anybody else at, at his craft. Yeah. You know, so it would have been very easy for one WWE needed a big match to be like, and they a have year later, yeah, from ha- you know, from all accounts, is that he's been asked mm-hmm. to work matches. He's been asked, you know, that there was a whole thing about him versus AJ maybe at the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. when it was in San Antonio, yeah, and the, and he said no, and like he could still do it is the thing. This whole, and for him of all people to hold true to it because of his skill when he left, it's not like. You know, some of the other ones, you know, Terry Funk and his gajillion retirements where it's, mm-hmm. you know, his work rate has suffered and all this stuff. Sean left still at the top of his game. He's the Jerry Seinfeld of he, wrestling. You know, but for him to hold to that really said a lot. And so for them, after all that time, after all these matches that we didn't get, uh, it's just sort of interesting that now that there, it's going to be DX versus Brothers of Destruction. Again, speculation. But I think I think anybody watching at home can connect those dots, and that's what they're building towards. If you watch wrestling long enough, yeah, they're telegraphing that. But going back to that promo a couple weeks ago, it reminded me, I think, how much respect I have for Shawn Michaels for keeping his word. And so I hope they do this justice because, yeah, you're right. It's not too often we're in a situation like this when someone has been out for a long time, but because they're staying true to the storyline that they set up a long time ago. So I hope, I, I don't think anyone's ever held uh true to a, to a stipulation like Shawn Michaels has. Yeah. I mean, you look at, well, Ric Flair, I mean, he, he went and wrestled in TNA, yeah, but exactly. he still hasn't had a WWE match. So you can sort of claim that he held true to it there, which is, which is fine. Uh, but he still had a match. Correct. You know? yeah. And again, for Shawn, who was still so skilled to hold to it, he, he, he wanted to, he didn't, he had such a great send off, and he didn't want to ruin that. And so I just hope I w- I would have been down storyline wise if it was the Undertaker goading Shawn Michaels out of retirement to face him one more time, sort of flipping the script that it was the Undertaker chasing Shawn's career to get him to come back one more time because Undertaker wanted some revenge for whatever happens at Super Showdown. Uh, but it's so we're gonna get the tag first is what it's looking like for all intents and purposes. But he they just, still could build to it. Yeah, he but, could still call him out like, hey. I could see in Saudi Arabia, you could still go a little bit. I've come to realize I still want to take you out one more time. I don't know. Yeah, they, but that's the thing. is It, it makes it not as uh, sensical a story. So Correct. they have to work really hard to make me buy back into this. I'm a little worried now, unfortunately. Well, and Shawn Michaels coming back for another match should be something that I just unilaterally celebrate. I mean, he's my all-time favorite wrestler and all, and all these things. But... He went out so beautifully, mm-hmm. and it was such a great legacy moment that I just they they better handle this with great care. And it's WWE and it's Vince, and I know they do, and they care about their history and they care about Undertaker, Sean, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. But I'm a little worried at this moment. It's okay. I'm, I'm a little worried. We'll get through this, Jimbo. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley's alliance continuing on Raw. Uh, my man. With Elias and everything. I liked Elias' involvement with it very much. Elias oh my was God. killing it. Elias' timing on everything he was saying and doing, 
was amazing. First off, it was great to see him just, you know, rip away on the guitar, shredding away on there. I was like, damn, man, I'm impressed with his guitar skills. But then what happened afterwards and the him and Leo Rush going back and forth and say, hey, did someone leave their little kid? Yeah, how do you get in here? That was awesome. Like but, me at a Warriors game. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, Kevin Owens coming out and Leo Rush just jumping around. I saw online uh, people were saying he must have played Spider-Man on PS4 over yeah. the weekend. So he's inspired Dude, he was, yeah, he to was jump doing around. Good. Yeah, his, his super senses were on point yes. for sure. <laughs> That was my last little takeaway from uh, from Raw, other than the obviously Telegraph main event in which uh, in which of course Roman successfully you know defended the title against Baron Corbin. It was kind of a little bit of a letdown, I think, coming off a big Hell in a Cell. I kind of wish maybe more was set up. Oh, that's right, Drew McIntyre and Dean Ambrose. I was really surprised that Drew got the win because I think Drew needed it absolutely. But I think with Dean just coming back. I would think to keep him strong coming back to WWE after being gone for like nine months, they should have kept him maybe just winning. But so that it was either I, way. Yeah, I don't think Dean needs a win streak. Or I, th- I think Drew needed that more to sort of keep himself established as as the sing- as a singles threat. And, and I, like I'm that. really excited where Drew is going to go next. I think Drew. They, I think they're going to start investing a lot He's in Drew McIntyre. Champion for sure. Absolutely. I think the rumor is him and Roman are going to maybe go at it in the near future. I would love to see that, but. I think Drew, keep an eye on him. He's going to be really one of the top guys coming in the coming months. No doubt about it. Let's jump to SmackDown. Uh, we were talking about The Miz and Daniel Bryan and and how that relates to AJ Styles. And if you go in the Wayback Machine and you, and you hear you hear old Bimbo Jimbo talking about what he the things he wants, what's on my wish list, it was for The Miz to beat Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam and then keep them apart. Uh, in singles wise, don't blow off the feud until WrestleMania, and you should have the Miz win the WWE Championship from AJ Styles, and then Daniel Bryan have to win the Royal Rumble to then face the Miz. Fast forward to today, the Miz has kept beating Daniel Bryan. Now they didn't keep him apart for as long as I want, and it's Super Showdown. It will be Daniel Bryan versus the Miz in a singles match. What I did not realize, but what makes me think that the plan is in motion, yeah. becoming to fruition, is it is for the number one contendership for the WWE Championship. I am of the belief that Samoa Joe will come up short against AJ Styles mm-hmm. and that The Miz will, in fact, beat Daniel Bryan yet again through whatever underhanded tactics that he needs mm-hmm. to become number one contender. And given the seeds that The Miz laid in that interview a month or two ago about how you know AJ hasn't done anything to elevate the WWE Championship, that The Miz eventually will, in fact... Take the WWE title off of AJ Styles. And that just leaves Daniel to do his part of winning the Royal Rumble or the Elimination Chamber or whatever he has to do to become number one contender by WrestleMania time. I think we're getting it, baby Huey. So you think AJ will lose to The Miz at Survivor Series? Either at Survivor Series or or a pay-per-view after that. TLC? Maybe. In San Jose? That'd be be. awesome in front of us. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's playing out nicely. And now, for me personally... At first, I was a little hesitant about this whole match they just had at Hell in a Cell, Bree and Daniel versus Miz and Maurice. But now I'm kind of glad they did it as a little bit more of a filler just to kill some time before the Super Showdown. Because I was like, I was worried that they were going to do SummerSlam, Hell in a Cell, and then end things at the Super Showdown. And then that's it. We And they won't invest enough time long term for WrestleMania. But the fact that now that stipulation is added for Australia... Now it gets me excited, and yeah. yeah, what we've been visioning for the next coming months it looks like it actually might be playing out very nicely. I know. I, th- I think. I think it's setting up with a nice little bow around it. I am. I am very stoked that uh, that that they made it for the number. If they hadn't made it for the number one contendership, I was going to be kind of bummed that they're just continuing on with it so so heavily. You know, just match after match and stuff like that. But this is perfect. Well, so you think will happen? Okay, let's say hypothetically, Miz wins in Australia. Do you think on SmackDown Live he rubs in his face? Hey, I beat you the last three times we've. Yeah, I'm gone done with at, you. I'm done with you. Yeah, I don't have to face you anymore. I'm going on against AJ Styles at Survivor Series. I'm, I'm assuming I'm, now. I'm, mo- I'm moving on to, to to somebody else. Now, do you think Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan will then start a program with they each could. other? They could. I think Daniel could chase Shinsuke for the U.S. title or something like that. There's any number of things that, that they could do. Or him and Andrade. Yeah, absolutely. There's 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 any number of things they could do with Daniel Bryan to sort of kill the time. Until it becomes WrestleMania January. time, yeah, okay. So they 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 could do a lot of different things with that, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see 
this this thing might be happening. Uh, <laughs> we also got on SmackDown. It was, hey, man, you know what? That had to be the saddest Rusev day in SmackDown history. Aiden English's frustrations finally boiling over. Uh, you know, I thought they went a little too hard in on him, too, in terms of blaming him for why they lost the match on the pre-show. I know you didn't watch, but I thought that I thought they went a little too hard on on Aiden English there. But it finally boiled over. Well, did he sacrifice himself? It, yeah, just last week on SmackDown, yeah. he took the bullet. So I, I don't know. It, it feels like this is too soon to break up Rusev Day, in my opinion. I, I, I don't like them splitting them up at this point. I, they're such a fun act. Uh, I would I would have kept it going. I would have left them as a tag team. You know, have them keep chasing for eventually put the tag team titles on them. I, th- I think they're such a fun trio. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're really going to give Aiden English a shot as a singles guy either. And they struck, they sort of dumb lucked their way into this great thing that has been so over. I mean, Rusev Day was one of the most over things in the company. And then I feel like they ended it too soon. Well, I, okay. So you can assume what's next is probably Rusev and Aiden are going to yeah. have a program with each other that's going to go on for who knows how many weeks now. But then after that, Rusev, I'm sure since he's so over, he's going to go off and do big things. Plus, now, finally, even though he was, quote, being a heel, he was still so over with the fans. So now the fans can actually cheer him. But, yeah, I'm worried, yeah, about Aiden English. What's next for him after that? I mean, this was like a a breath of fresh air, a second life after the Villains thing ended. So I'm a little worried for him what's next for him long term. But who knows? He could be maybe be a really good mid card heel if booked correctly. So I hope that, okay, well, it's thinking too far ahead. Let's just focus on right now. I think Rusev and Aiden English hopefully can have something really interesting to go on here. But yeah, I do believe they did break up too fast as well. Yeah, it's just I and again they they were so overall together that mm-hmm. I, I just don't see the logic in splitting them up now. Mm-hmm. But that's that's what they're doing, so we got to make the best of it. I hope for nothing but good things for all of them. I love Rusev, so I, I hope he finally gets you know the WWE Championship at some point down the line. Here, he's certainly I think deserving. He is such he's going to be a great babyface too. His because his his timing and everything like that, his mic skills are really off the chart, and he's so good in the ring. So uh, he's I mean, really charismatic. He his is com- comedic timing is phenomenal. He's, he's like the best part about Total Divas. <laughs> His involvement on Total Divas is is a godsend. Uh, so, and yes, I watched Total Divas. And last I, night, right? And that's right. And I'm not ashamed of it. Great episode. Uh, we we talked about it before, but AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, their feud obviously is continuing. Uh, AJ Styles in a hell of a match with Andrade Cien Almas, bef- you know, with, with AJ picking up what I thought was a, it was a good victory. It's, Andrade did get a lot in, but I thought it was a nice, solid uh, post-Hell and Cell victory for AJ. I mean, they were advertising it was AJ Styles' first match on SmackDown Live in Two months? I was like, has it really been that long? No. because I, I swear one of the commentators said that. I don't that. think that's accurate. I know he's made appearances. He's done like the old school Mean Gene interview thing on the ramp with Renee Young. I'm pretty and, sure he had a match with Andrade not that long ago. I feel well, I know like, Andre, Andre, <laughs> Andrade had two matches with Daniel Bryan back-to-back yeah, weeks. I, I, don't, I don't think that two months, that doesn't sound right. As far as wrestling, I was like, really? Yeah, that no, doesn't that, make sense. That's not right. But I will say, yeah, Andrade, Cian Almas, and this is something we talked about, even though he's lost the last few weeks, but to his credit, he's had epic matches, a couple epic matches with Daniel Bryan and also with now AJ Styles. So in the last like month, he's had three great primetime main event matches that I think for anyone who did not watch him regularly on NXT, the the maybe the more casual fan is now getting to see what's really special about him that a lot of us who saw him on NXT, like what we saw in uh, New Orleans at TakeOver there, I, I'm glad that he's getting the opportunity to shine, and I think maybe Vince and other people are going to see big things out of him, and he's now starting to push. So even though he's been losing, he's still looking great, and I think now the audience is seeing how special this guy is in the ring, and it's, he's going to be, I think, also another big person finally getting his push because he's been what called up for the last five months now and so the finally now to get some major big programs out of this i'm i'm really excited for him in the coming months yeah i I think your point is very well taken that even even in defeat he's still on a prominent place uh in the show Mm -hmm. in the sort of the pecking order you know he he took aj styles to the limit i mean that's the wwe champion right there so that's only good signs for him and him and Zelina are such a dynamic duo so yeah I i think I think it's I think it's pointing in the right direction for for Andrade on on the main roster and on SmackDown Live. How about that one move AJ did? Remember AJ flipped over Andrade and then flipped back and lifted him up into the Styles Clash. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, like it was just, sick. 
both of them, their athleticism that pull off that move, I was thoroughly impressed. Yeah, they did very well. And then, of course, AJ showing up, or excuse me, Samoa Joe showing up afterward, continuing the brawl and everything mm-hmm. like that. But the real main event was Becky Lynch's title celebration. Uh, I, I thought this was a tremendous segment. I know she was doing the whole like super healing thing and everything like that, but uh, I, I really appreciated uh, the like some of the things that she was saying. Like she she's g- so good right now on the mic and just yes. everything. She's killing it. Well, I was gonna say on the mic. What I love is okay. I think WWE at times, sometimes with their female heel wrestlers, they kind of make them act like or portray kind of like that Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. Vibe or, yeah. or personality. And it works for some, like Alexa Bliss does it to yeah. perfection. Even Carmella kind of has those tendencies. But with Becky Lynch, even though she's being, we're being told that she needs to be heel, but her style, she's speaking with such confidence. Yeah. And almost like throwing out these huge truth bombs. Yeah. It's really engaging and entertaining. And I'm like, when people are listening, even though. I think the creative team in the back want us to be portrayed or following along in a different way. The way I think a lot of fans are are absorbing it. It's like, we want to root for her more after hearing what she's saying. Like, this is awesome. It's like, dude, she's speaking the truth. And I mean, that's why I think a lot of people are coming up with the stone cold comparison is because stone cold, he didn't give an F and he's speaking from the heart and confidence and just, I want to say arrogant, but like, you know, he's just telling it like it is. And coming speaking off very aggressively, and so yeah, she's carrying on those tendencies. And I think that's why people are making that easy comparison. But nonetheless, I'm loving every single second of this in the ring. Yeah, the aggro Becky has been very good. I I, I enjoyed just the interactions with Charlotte. Her telling Charlotte to put it around her waist. It's just it's just stuff that you don't usually hear in a she's promo in general, her. regardless. Uh, and I, I thought it was just a good continuation of that feud and everything like that. So uh, I, I thought I thought it was a really well done segment uh, with with Charlotte and Becky and everything like that. And she's killing it. Be- Becky's killing it. I, I you know so keep it rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. What? Not like that. By the way, I was at the Niner game last week. They played that song. I was like, oh, the Untinker must be here. Um, Sorry, not to go off on that. Not for years. <laughs> but nonetheless, yeah, yeah. Going back to Becky Lynch, I love this. She is, I think, the best thing on SmackDown Live right now. She's certainly up there. And I, I'm really hoping that they let her keep running with the championship for a little while because she she's she's on a roll right now. And they, they need to just let her keep going because mm-hmm. she's found something that's really working for her. Uh, and even though I didn't want her to turn heel, like I love Becky Balboa, I'm liking the aggro Becky style too. So they need they need to keep keep that going and let her run with it. Kudos to her for just being that versatile. Yeah, absolutely. In the industry, in the WWE specifically. Uh quickly, let's get to uh NXT uh this Fresh week. in my head. Yeah, I know it I know it is. Uh <laughs> that's why that's why we had to, you know, get get to it. So uh since since you waited the last moment to watch it. Uh your thoughts on Jackson Riker. I'm liking him. I remember he was in TNA as yeah. um oh my God, I'm spacing on the name right now. He was Gunner. Gunner, that's right. Because I remember when he showed up there, you know, he was this buff dude with tatted out. Yeah. Very, it was kind of the timing of him. I was like, oh, is this trying to be their version of CM Punk? I know in TNA, like Austin Aries at the time was trying to be their version of CM Punk. But when I saw him as well, I was like, oh, is this their tatted version of CM Punk in TNA? But I enjoyed him there. I, I he, he was never champion there, if I don't believe, but he was getting some pretty good singles uh, competition down there. But to see him make finally his NXT debut, I was excited because, I, like I said, I have seen his work over the last five-plus years in other promotions. So I'm all for more of him. I think what he did, you know, it just shows that he's he could be a, just an animal in the ring. I really liked what I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was a squash match and everything mm-hmm. like that, but I th- I think he's he's going to be a player uh, in NXT, and he, mm-hmm. he's, got a, he's got a good background and everything like that, then I, I think they're going to develop him quite nicely. So I, I think the future is bright for for Jackson Riker. Uh, so another standout moment, something to talk about here in the sort of who attacked Alistair Black sweepstakes uh, dun, dun, dun. Uh, with Candice LeRae talking to William Regal about, you know, what she saw and everything. And then William Regal uh, asking about the sort of the state of mind of Johnny Gargano and if she, if, if she thinks that Johnny could have uh, you know perpetrated such a dastardly deed, uh, what do you think about what's going on? Do you think that they would do that? That they will make it that it was Johnny Gargano that did it? I was like Regal's trying to twist things around, and I think 
he's interrogating her and I think trying to put thoughts in her head and screwing with her. Regal Bear, watch it. Leave, leave Candace alone. I think he's messing around with her too much like that. But, okay, that would be really interesting if that turned out to be true because, remember, Gargano was technically the first person we saw in the actual whole montage of the camera going around Yeah, after the events of Aleister Black being attacked. It would be really interesting. Oh, it was the first guy right in front of us all along. But I, I never expect the butterfly. No one <laughs> ever suspects the butterfly. But then again, I don't know. Is Will it be that obvious? I mean, I guess it just, I don't know. It seems too much of like a nice little button or or. I don't even think it's an. I I think it's. I think it's a very tempting button for WWE and NXT to push. Bo, that's what I meant. Bow on top. I, yeah. I I don't I don't want them to push that button though because I don't want to see superhero Johnny Gargano either. No, I don't. I'm not really interested in that. So for him to have taken out Aleister Black, that's a complete you know sort of dynamic shift from who he is. Maybe Champa just set him up. Yeah, which along. I'm fine with that too. Yeah. I'm fine with it being Cassius Ono. I, I, you know, because he's frustrated. I think Cassius yeah. Ono would okay. make a lot of sense. Uh, I would give him something to do. You know, I wonder how long this will be stretched out for. Everything as long as Alistair's, you know, not ready to come back. Well, I think forever long, if they stretch this out for a while, they better have a really big payoff at the end because we're getting invested. I like this every Maybe week. Maybe it'll be somebody new debuting that we didn't even see. Maybe it wasn't on camera. Or yeah, bro. Could be a could be a bro, man. I, I don't think they would do that. <laughs> no, no. But but I'm just saying, if they're going to stretch this out for a while, let the payoff at the end be worth it because I'm invested. I know everyone else is invested in this, and I'm loving every single minute of it. It's well, like if, if Alistair can come back soon, then I think it would make sense to make it be Tommaso Ciampa. Okay. Because because then you could have them uh, main event the takeover that's going to be at Survivor Series and stuff like okay. that, and you could keep them apart or the one at Royal Rumble per se. That way, it keeps Johnny Gargano away from Champa for longer, and there's unfinished business there. And then can carry that over to the next WrestleMania or finish it off. Then well, that way, you could finish off Gargano Champa at WrestleMania. Okay. Well, let me ask you this: If Alistair Black win, he does come back. Is he the one that actually reveals who did who attacked him since he was? He was there. Yeah, was I think there. so. And how would they actually reveal it? Like, I'm just thinking you maybe. You do like the old school where it was Triple H and Shawn Michaels after he got jumped. And they do like the, the very cheesy, like, I think we can enhance the image. And it's like clearly Triple H standing over. You're damn right. It was me, Shawn. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm just thinking, you know how lately they've been doing a lot of these selfie videos lately in their promos? Yeah. So maybe Alistair was filming himself doing something, and then it got attacked, and the phone lands nicely. That actually you, wouldn't be too bad. And you see what's actually playing out. Yeah, you maybe maybe the face like it stands in front of the, the camera for a second, the phone camera for a moment. Yeah. It was me. He whoever grabs it. Yeah. Like, it was me. And like turns it off. Yeah. Maybe he took the phone or something. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I like that. Okay. But yeah, so that 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 uh, sort of. Uh, sleuthing must continue. We do not know who attacked Alistair Black. Uh, we will find out hopefully at some point in the near future. But the real main takeaway uh, from NXT this week was just the tremendous match between UK champion Pete Dunne and NXT North American champion Ricochet. I mean, this was one that if, the, if this match had like main evented a takeover, I don't think anybody would have complained. Uh, they They really... Uh, had a special, special encounter. Marred a little bit by the finish. You know, uh, because it you know ended with the, the the undisputed era running in. They're sort of setting up war games and everything like that. It didn't bother me as much because you know you, they really didn't have an out. And tr- it, it, again, it wasn't a hell in cell match. So <laughs> so it's it's if you don't want to commit to a finish, that's the kind of match you have. And I thought both guys came out looking better. Uh, in some ways, in a lot of ways, Pete Dunne looking just like such a player beyond just being the UK guy. Yeah, well. Just going off what you were just saying, think about this is two guys of that quality going at of that quality of a match on just regular TV programming, WWE network programming. Yeah, they're not gonna give that away. Give that away on regular on a random Wednesday Although night. Technically, it's not on like cable. So if you have bought the network, it's not really being given away. Yeah, yeah but, I'm, but I'm just saying they rather save it for their quote takeover yeah, yeah, totally. pay per view. And so I am not surprised that it ended the way it did with Undisputed Era coming in, interfering in War Raiders. War Raiders. But nonetheless, uh, this is something you and I are talking about off the air is these last couple weeks of NXT program has been amazing because we had Gargano, Velveteen Dream recently. So 
I just keep thinking this is a great time to watch NXT because this is the longest gap in between uh, takeovers. And so they have to fill week-to-week episodes. So we're going to get these pretty, like, amazing Amazing five-star type matches on weekly programming. I mean, so don't be surprised, though, they're going to end the way they are with interference. Sometimes some screwy finishes. Yeah, it it didn't really. I mean, I didn't love it. Of course, I would, like, like rather have seen a definitive winner or loser or whatever, but didn't it didn't bother me that much either mm-hmm. but yeah i mean with th- th- this crop of nxt going back to last year and bringing us through the present and beyond i think i think we are in sort of a new golden age for nxt it's such a great roster top to bottom i think every division is super strong the the introduction of a secondary title uh in the north american Huge. championship is a big deal so i mean nxt is killing it right now and that that's only going to continue but we are starting to get run out of time here. It's time to get out of Dodge, but let's say uh, you wanted to plug some some things here. Oh, yeah. So in case you guys listen in the Bay Area, wherever you're listening right now. So here in the Bay Area, it was officially announced this week. So TLC, WWE's TLC, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs is coming to the Bay Area San Jose SAP Center on Sunday, December 16th. And we're recording this podcast right now on a Thursday. We'll get out on a Friday. Tickets go on sale Tomorrow, Friday, September twenty. We're live, pal. Uh, Friday, September twenty first at ten a.m. through Ticketmaster.com or go to the SAP Center website, their box office. And so, I'm super stoked, Jimbo. It's really cool that we're gonna get another pay per view back here in the Bay Area, especially TLC. I think as we were talking earlier about stipulations and stuff uh, in matches, it's gonna be really fun. I was trying to explain to coworkers earlier that every match is gonna have a different stipulation involving maybe. Maybe, yeah. We don't know that, actually. Well, but we <laughs> hope it's going to involve, like, a table or ladder or a chair or all three combination of. And so it's really exciting. I know right now they've been advertising already. It's, the main event is the Shield versus Braun, Dolphin, Drew. But keep in mind, that's three months away. Cards are subject to change. But nonetheless, get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. And we'll see you guys out there. I'm super excited. Jimbo and I, we're going to be playing to be out there in full force. Super pumped, yeah. Get some interviews done. Birthday celebration for me at the TLC. So I, 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 I need some TLC on my birthday. I'm going to TLC. It's going to be great. That's uh, a great weekend for you because your birthday's on a Saturday and the next day is the pay-per-view. That's right. That's awesome. It'll be, it'll be, good, it'll be good times had <laughs> by all. But uh, also uh, this Friday, as if you're listening to this, it is Friday. Uh, I'm going to all pro wrestling uh, ballin' or ballin'. I'm not quite sure the the sort of the emphasis there. Yeah. Sort of a takeoff. But it, I think it's ballin' because MVP's headlining the show, 450 Martin Street in Daly City, uh, APW ballin'. It is at the Bayshore Center. Uh, there in Daly City, so be sure to check that out too. If you, it's it's you will not regret spending your Friday night uh, with all pro wrestling. It is every time I go, it is it's money well spent. You get a great show. You get to see some some wrestlers uh, that you've known from WWE and other places, but you get to see some young up and coming talent, mm-hmm. just talent all over. Uh, so I, I'm very much so looking forward to APW Ball in. Also, if you want to get involved with the show, you want to talk to us in the click at gmail.com. If you have a question uh, and we've been loving the ones that have been coming in already, I try and respond to all of them and we're going to start incorporating them into the show mm-hmm. uh, as well as we go along here. Also at in the click on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, we're working on building all those up. So give us a like subscribe iTunes rate and review us on iTunes. If you can, this is a very long commercial, but we do so appreciate all you fellow marks out there for helping us out. And no, that's the other thing. I want to give a shout out to Nick from Pro Wrestling Unlimited. He's been uh, retweeting our episodes as well. I know Philip from the Bullet Cast. He's also been liking and listening and uh, just uh, telling how much he loves every episode we've been putting out. So just here locally in the Bay Area, our fellow wrestling fans and friends out there who've been taking the time and following along everything we've been doing, we truly appreciate it. And so it's, uh, it's been a great few weeks six weeks now we've been doing this and so the momentum just keeps building off that and we love all the support well said that is going to do it for us this week for baby huey i'm bimbo jimbo and remember if you're not in the click see ya and i wouldn't want to be ya